Hello, and welcome to The Spiel of Time, a spoiler-free podcast discussing Robert Jordan's fantasy epic series, The Wheel of Time. Each episode, Chris, a first-time reader, and Tom, a series veteran, read one or two chapters and sit down to examine them a little deeper. This week we are discussing chapters 5 and 6 of The Eye of the World. As a reminder, we are spoiler free, so we won't be talking about anything after these chapters. So Chris gives a quick summary of chapter 5, Winter Night. So uh, in chapter 5, uh, Tam and Rand get back to the farmhouse. They find no sign of the Black Rider or any unwanted visitors. And they take this opportunity to get some jobs done around the farm. Both feeling a little on edge, they settle down for supper. After reaching all the doors are locked, and then they are attacked in their home by Trollocs. Yeah, uh, the, the ensuing attack is, is the end of the chapter, I guess, right? Yeah. The, the, the key elements, if you like, the, the main crux. Yeah, so we've got back to the start. We get Tam and Randa arriving back at the farmhouse. Yes. Um, we, I mean, it's, I don't think there's much to it, but the picture at the start of the chapter... Oh yeah, we need to get on this chapter symbol. What do you think of that one? It's uh, seen it's pretty self-explanatory. To be fair, it's called Winter Night. And yeah. It's a, a tree with no leaves in front of a moon. <laughs> it's not not really very cryptic. This one <laughs> hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously the the pictures symbol of the time of year and obviously Winter Night's part of the start of the festivities. Sort what, of. What do you think that symbol so far? Are you intrigued? Or they seem pretty. I think some of them could be intriguing, um, or like suggest little hints. Uh, I think was it the two birds in an earlier chapter, chapter two. Yeah, two birds. That sort of seemed like it could have represented two different things. I think birds actually show up, and yeah. there's two characters appear in the visit as strangers uh, in the village as like strangers. So I think they're significant, or more just the little throwaway. I think it would be both. <laughs> I think I think I mean you're you're right. You're right with what we this point chapter start chapter five. You sort of sixty nine pages in. You've had four pictures. I think some of them will mean something. I think some of them will just be pretty obvious what they mean. Yeah, I, just, I, I think it's interesting how some of them like this one are kind of very clearly spot on and don't really no warrant much explanation. But I, mean, I don't know what's going on with it. Still the tornado from last time. Yeah, that that was a. Um, I mean, just out of interest, is that ever explained? Does it make sense at any other point? I will, I will say these symbols should all make sense eventually. But not necessarily within that chapter? Not necessarily. Right, cool. That's fine. Just. I mean, I feel like by discussing them, I've already clued you into the fact that there might, might, be, something. might be something there. But I was just, just interested to see how you feel about them. Yeah, I like them. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so... Well, we're at the start of the chapter I will say like it's such a long chapter I don't know how, like how much there is to actually discuss it feels um, well analyse if you like there's a lot of action it's a great chapter um, but I'm not sure like how much uh, stuff's introduced yeah you know what I mean yeah I mean at the, I suppose John's quite famous for this but at the start of the chapter he spends a long time describing the sort of the scene and how they're feeling and sort of humdrumness of the life yeah. as well to a, to, to a degree 
But I do think that works in the context of it sort of like settles you in. Yeah. Before the action, rather than diving straight in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like. But yeah, but I mean, it's, right. it's a well, it's a well-written chapter. Even the bits where there's nothing happening, it's just a sense of foreboding over the vows. Like it's really well written. I just don't know how much there is necessarily to discuss. Well, I don't know if we want to get into specifics, but when you say yeah, about the sense of foreboding and stuff, that you can tell that, especially Tam, has been a lot more ca- a lot more cautious than usual. Yes, uh, I mean, I did sort of briefly touch up on it in the summary where uh, I think the main thing that you notice from him is that he's locking the doors and pulling chests across them because he's he's on edge. I think one thing that always stuck out to me was how he checked the well water. Oh, to see yeah, if it yeah, remember that like, but I, that's not even like a normally cautious thing to do. That that's like he knows something. Yeah, something it, it seems very specific, doesn't it? Seems like, yeah, it feels like you say like he knows to check the well water because he's been caught out before. Yeah, that's interesting. I like it. Um, so yeah, so I guess we jump into the sort of start of the chapter proper, if you like. A uh, couple of things that I have noted is that there's some. You sort of start to see some of the effects of the prolonged winter uh, within this chapter. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, the cow had been milked that morning before first light. Quarter of a usual yeed. She seemed to dry enough as the winter hung on. Uh, it seems like everything's yeah, on. The, yeah, the eggs aren't laying as fast and the cabbages were stunted and all, and there was still firewood to split so you sort of start to get a feel for what that, what kind of a, a life they've been living uh, yeah it's definitely hard times long yeah. Sort of winter, yeah for sure um, and with it whilst <coughs> so yeah so you sort of see, see the effects of the winter and then they sort of decide to go about getting some chores done and, and I think as they say somewhere like there's, there's always something to do in a farmhouse. It's never there's never a resting a resting day, but they're both both of the men are clearly unsettled and they're keeping their weapons to hand throughout. Yes, yeah. Um time with his spear? Speaking of weapons. Right. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Tam's sword? Yeah. You're gonna jump there? That's cool, yeah. So Tam's sword, it's probably one of the more uh, one of the things one of the main things to talk about. Um, I've got written here that it has a heron on it. It's uh, sharp on one edge and it remains sharp. Um, so we get there's, there's several herons, right? There's, oh, there's uh, several. We've got one on the scabbard and the hilt, and there's another one on the blade. Mm. I don't know if you sort of thought about the type of sword, like if you got an image in your head based on the description. <clears throat> but I just I just sort of think of like I mean like, clearly it isn't. Like, I can't just think of like a like a knight sort of broad sword, but I know that'd be. Double-edged. Yeah, we get that it's 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 only sharp on one edge and it's slightly curved. That's oh, a bit more like a um, like a pirate sword or a, like a cutlass. See, I, I I always again I'm not saying this correct. But I always thought of like a katana, sort of like a a Japanese blade. Oh right, yeah, that makes sense. With the sharp on one edge yeah. and a slightly curved blade. Yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah. But I mean, I like your version as well. Just a bit of pirate mm-hmm. cutlass. Well, I mean. Cause, a cause, scimitar. <laughs> well, because obviously the the sword, him even owning a sword, is a, is a shock to Rand, um, and it suggests that he's got a more of a mysterious past than he's sort of ever let on. Um, yeah, like where where would this farmer have got this sword? Yeah, definitely. And Rand even says that it's like of all the swords he's seen in his life, this one looks 
like more special. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and, and throughout the the chapter when when the sword is mentioned, you sort of like I've covered a couple of them, but you sort it sort of it suggests that it is special because it, it he he uses it to hack at some wood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, later on in the chapter. Yeah. Yeah, and it it, it doesn't blunt at all uh, throughout this. So. I think Rand says like a even like a, an axe would have shown some sort of wear from what he just done. Yeah, and it, and that, and that's like in my head, that's a bit of a sort of fantasy trope. That yeah, there's like a like a magic sword, like an Excalibur. That um, it doesn't have to be magic, but it's like it's a, it's like Valyrian steel, or like it's like a craftsman's sword. Yes. Uh, type vibe. So what where whatever wherever he's got this sword from, whether it's his own from his own adventures. Like whether he's earned it himself as like a rite of passage or whatever, or whether he's potentially stolen it off of someone, there's a story to that. Well, we we do get um, one of the LA looks like Lantern Sword. I don't know if you don't know if you picked up on that. I didn't, but I'm not necessarily surprised. So apart from the herons, the sword looked a good deal like Lantern Sword. So yeah, um, and also as to where he got it, um, he's quite guarded on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a mystery. Um, just have a see if I've got anything else. <coughs> yeah, um, but then I guess you do get a little bit more of the past anyway. Um, so, you, well, I, I get drip fed a bit because you, you say he's guarded about his past, but you know he has one, so it's, it's it, there's, there's something that he's sort of. I suppose one, one, one key little bit I'll just read out before, that I think is pretty important. He says, he got it a long time ago, Tom said. A long way from here and I paid entirely too much. Two coppers is too much for one of these. Yes. Yes, I remember that bit. Oh yeah, so when I'm going off here saying about him having earned something or whatever, he, he, he's clearly just purchased it, but... Um, well, he, but, he, he doesn't but say... why would he think he needed it? He doesn't say that he, he bought the sword. He just says he paid too much. Oh, and then suggests no, right, I get not it. So it's like a saying, isn't it? So he's saying he's saying I've paid too much, and if if you take like our money, like one pence would be too much for something like this. So he's he's actually saying that whatever the cost, it's too much. Right? Okay, I've misread he that. Says, I, I was young then, and it seemed worth the price at the time. So yeah, so yeah, certainly got a mysterious. Just, just more sort of like cloudy, unexplained. Past. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of that. Like, so much of that because um, you also get a little bit of a, um, a mention of um, Rand's mother which uh, I, I don't know whether it's been explicitly mentioned that she's passed or if it's just been suggested that their father and son are alone so the mother's not out of the picture yeah I'm not, I'm not I know we do get it at some point um, I think only, it may be in the next chapter but it's definitely I mentioned. think it's only heavily implied at this point I think you're right yeah I think it's heavily mentioned. I'm oh, not heavily mentioned. I think it. I think it's mentioned in this chapter that she's passed. Um, let me see if I can find it. For the sword. I'm just going to underline it. 
Because... No, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm spending so much time reading. I think I might be the next one. You think? I think so. For sure. I've got me note here for it. I think that doesn't... I think uh, Tam speaks to Rand as, as if he's... Yeah, that definitely happens. Yeah. But they do... Yeah, but there's just... There is a mention of the mother being dead. But I can't find it. Because I've got it here. Because like, I wrote a red and then I wrote and a red and then I wrote and a red. So I've got yeah. a note here, so yeah. I know. It probably, probably isn't. Because it mentions. <clears throat> it mentions the mother was an outlander at some point in this chapter. Alright. But yeah, uh, let's sort of jump back in somewhere. What do you think? Rose died. That's it, really. So we'll jump on something new. Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. Yeah. Um, cool with the sword. Uh, just on the same page, actually, his mother had been an outlander. Oh, the other one didn't approve. His mother had been an outlander. Yeah. It's literally just underneath the uh, sword part. Yeah. Paragraph starts off random, not even got the T kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, quick. Yeah, that's it. Right so, yeah, so I'll just say something. So, yeah, so it mentions uh, Rand's mother and Tam's wife, and now she's. She, she was an outlander. Um, which. It says his mother had been an outlander, which implies she's not around anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it might be completely off, off base. It might be when they were walking through the town as eligible bachelors that I'm, that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it could, it could very well be. Yeah, so yeah. there's definitely a suggestion that the mother's not there. Um, and that she was an outlander, which I guess her, being, her having been an outlander suggests more mystery to Tam. Um, because nobody ever leaves Elon's field or yeah. the two rivers. So he's not, not only is he now rocked up with this sword, he also met an outlander somehow. So it, it seems pretty safe to say that Tom hasn't lived his whole life in Evansfield. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, cool. So... We're about to hit some pretty exciting events, I think. Yeah, I think we, we get a knock at the door. Yes. Um, I don't think I didn't underline anything. I think it's just all, all action. Too excited. It's just everything's going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there is a knock at the door. Um, well, more is it more of a more of a, like a bang, a thump, a heavy thump at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Rattles off. So it implies someone's more just trying to open it. Yeah. Um, and then the door burst open. Pieces of the iron lock spinning across the floor. Um, should we? Should I just describe this entrance from these? Yeah, I think you should read this next part if you want. Yeah. Uh, a figure filled the doorway bigger than any man Rand had ever seen. A figure in black mail that hung to his knees with spikes at wrists and elbows and shoulders. One hand clutched a heavy scythe-like sword, the other hand was flung up before his eyes as if to shield them from the light. Yeah, so it's, it's not the neighbour wanting to borrow something as <laughs> they originally thought. No. I mean, what would you want to borrow? Mars bikes. So, yeah, this this creature, as um, it's described a little bit later on, uh, I've, I've written, I guess we'll, we'll introduce the creature as if it's uh, 
brand new character. Yeah, we chat a bit, chat a bit about this creature, yeah. Um, so I've got some notes that I've picked up from throughout the chapter about the general appearance of it. Yeah. Uh, it's bigger than any man. Uh, it's got black mail, spikes at the wrist, elbow, shoulder, a heavy scythe like sword. She has eyes with a light, which suggests a light sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, curled ram's horns on the head and hooves. Not on the head, on the feet. <laughs> yeah. uh, a hairy muzzle where a mouth and nose should be. An animal snarl. Uh, they're travelling in a pack. Um, and just a, not really how they look while they operate. It mentions that they can see in the dark. Um, I, I don't know if you've thought of something like as well, but it seems like they're all different. They, they haven't got sort of a uniform appearance. Like some wear boots, some have hooves. They, Oh, yeah, like wolf muzzles and yeah. You don't get all of the descriptions off one. No, that, that, that then copies and copy and paste onto everyone. You, you, as as different ones are introduced, you find out different things about yeah. them. So, yeah, I I, I haven't sort of consciously picked that up, but but yeah, you're right. They're, they're not. Um, and then I don't know. I wasn't necessarily expecting them to be uniform because they feel like more beast than human. Yeah, like they're not like. Soldiers, the, 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 as much as they might be there to inflict violence or or whatever, or as as I think it's suggested that are, are under orders, yeah, they're not they're not soldiers. In in my they're all, they're beasts. Like, they're um well like a bigfoot type, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and. Yeah, the big fuckers like. Yeah, then they get they get time attack some of the sword, I believe. Yeah, we get a, we get a, a key thing before that though. Ran okay. steps up. Up. He, th- he throws the kettle oh, at, no. at, the, <laughs> at the creature. <laughs> he throws. Yeah, even as the kettle struck, Tam's sword flashed. Boiling water splashed over its face, yeah. Didn't like it. <laughs> Somebody yeah, it was like a reaction, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kettle throw. yeah. Uh, so we get here that Tam doesn't really mess about, does he? He was there. The kettle was thrown across the room and in that time and the, he's there with his blade attacking. So he's uh whether it's some kind of muscle memory or whatever, he's clearly is skilled in uh, whatever he's trying to in whatever he's achieved in his life. Doesn't seem like this is his first fight. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, definitely not. He's a, it's like a, it's like an archetype as well, isn't it? Like the, the assassin or the, 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 the like the, even like a cowboy thing. I think where it's like oh, the, the gunman who's trying to settle down for a life on the farm. Yeah, try, try to leave his old life behind. Calling yeah. for one last job, even John, <laughs> John Wick. <laughs> so there's it's, it's not even just a fantasy trope, is it? It's like it, it, it's just a it's just a sort of pop culture thing. Yeah, think, yeah. definitely. So um, yeah, he's a, is that is that is that a prediction? Can I, can I put that down? I heard the word assassin mentioned. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he was an assassin, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the trope in it. Like. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I just, I just want, some, I just want some sort of uh, predict- pre- prediction of all time. I think he's definitely um, killed people. Right. He's definitely killed people. Um, I think assassin suggests uh, a more evil nature, and I'm not convinced he's necessarily evil. 
uh, maybe more of a warrior. Okay. I think. If I was to label him now, that's good enough for me. I'll yeah, take, I'll take that for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then so yeah, and then Tam also tells Rand to run. Uh, he's like he's aware that he's gonna have to do the do the fighting here yeah. because Rand is. True enough, what was all a bit of a, a sheltered upbringing when it comes to this sort of. He, he sort of freezes, doesn't he? Rand, yeah. After the initial kettle throwing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, did he even mean to, or was it just? <laughs> yes, <generally? it> was. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to offer him tea, and it slipped out. <laughs> slipped out of his hand. Ah, visitors. <laughs> yeah, um, and he he feels. Does it, is this the bit? He feels almost immediate shame for running off. Yeah, I want to add to one of my favourite lines of this part. Shame filled him that he obeyed so quickly. Yeah. When ran, when uh, time asked him to leave. Yeah, and I guess that speaks to a little bit to his character and like what's to come. Like, uh, it ha- can't help but feel it's like um, you, you start and show how unexperienced he is in the world, the the world, the the wider world with its uh, fantastical beasts and creatures and its fighting and its war. And I can't help but feel it's going to get schooled mm-hmm. in it. And like, I don't know if it's going to be like a direct callback, but by by the end of the series if not this book he's going to be fighting his own fights and he's going to know how to he's going to be comfortable with a sword in his hand okay. that, you can have that as a prediction yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and then the, 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 so yeah so there's a big the big attack and Rand runs off and then Tam gets out of the house looking for Rand and can't see him and he sort of nah, I've got in my notes here that Tam sort of does like an action dive through a window yeah. <laughs> trying to see it in slow motion Tam Wick yeah <laughs> yeah he uh, he's badass isn't he to be fair and yeah so he comes out the window and he's looking for Rand he's sort of he's, he's close to being uh, caught I think and Rand sort of realises why he's faffing on outside the house is because Tom's looking for him. Yeah, he doesn't realise he's, he's successfully escaped. Yeah, so he gives him a bit of a heads up and over in and they sort of split like Tam, Tam actually draws them away at this point, doesn't he? He runs in a totally different direction to where Rand calls from. Yes. Um So it seems like Rand's well being is top of Tam's priority list. Yeah. I don't know if that much happens next. I think they just sort of meet up again. Yeah, Tam, Tam sneaks up behind Rand, doesn't he? Oh, yes. It's no, a, a funny moment right there. Cl- classic action movie uh, <laughs> sort of uh, vibes where you grab hold of somebody so they don't scream like, or are scaring them shitless in the process. Rand almost sort of overpowers Tam at this point, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just don't break my neck, lad. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I'd realise how big you'd grow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably would have tried that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get a name for these creatures. Yeah, Trollocs. Yeah, yeah. Um, which should have been mentioned in a couple of other chapters, but there's uh, sort of flights of fancy, uh, story tales, uh, fairy tales, and that sort of thing, like myth and legend, but nothing to actually be concerned about. Something just to scare the kids into doing their homework or <laughs> or whatever. So it's come as a bit of a shock to Rand to find that uh, they're actually real. Yeah. Very much sound like like a. A fairy tale story, almost. Yes. So there's a bit uh, before Tam sort of jumps out of the the building. You can hear the frightened bleats filling the sheep pen, and the flock milders are trying to find the escape, and shadowed shapes flipping in the light from the window, all the rest of it. And then a little bit later on, when he's 
Rams heading back to the house, there was nothing. There was complete silence. Yeah. Well, we, we find out the reason for that as well, don't we? Yes. But uh, it, well, it, it ties in here because it's, it, we're told that products kill for fun, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's, there doesn't have to be a reason for it. Yeah. And obviously, the sheep aren't the intended target here, but. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it, there is. Yeah, we'll get into it, but there's something that suggests that there wasn't the intended target and it wasn't just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And we also, we also get, just quickly, that everyone believes that they serve the dark one. That's in the stories they hit, men and serve the dark one. Yeah. Yes. Um, if anything belongs in the shepherd of the night's flocks, lad, it is Trollocs. They kill for the pleasure of killing, so I've been told. But that's the end of my knowledge, except that they cannot be trusted unless they're afraid of you, and then not far. So, yeah. Not nice people. Not creatures. No, definitely not. <laughs> and we, uh, we do get that in interacting with the Trollocs that Tam's been injured. Yes. It's just a scratch. There's a classic Monty Python. <laughs> just a flesh <laughs> On his right side, he's been hurt, hasn't he? Yes. Just a scratch. And it sort of Ram does, does sort of agree, to be fair. The, the, Tam does sort of uh, descend. His, his injury does make him worse. And and it's maybe the next chapter, but Rand does, does struggles to understand how that injury has made him bad so quickly. So like it does suggest that it's it is actually just a scratch. We do get that Rand touches Tam's face and says mm. you're on fire. So it suggests that it may not just be the cup. No, there's a, 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 a poison or infection or, or something else. And well, the trolls don't seem big on hygiene either. So. So yeah, it might just it, be, it could just be. Could just be antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Tam is on fire, not literally. Um, and Rand decides to go back into the house to get some. Because well, basically, he's, Tam is resting. Yeah, he, he wants. He wants to get Tam to nine Eve. Yes. And he doesn't know how to do that without. With Tam not being able to help himself, yes. So he heads back in the house for some some supplies. Uh, he remembers. Yeah, he says we need the car and blankets. Yes. So he's sort of forced to go back in the house at this point. Definitely. So he, uh, he was thinking about taking a whole handle with him. Decided against it and uh, took Tam's sword instead, which I think yeah. was a good choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this ties in with, with what we were saying a bit about the sword, how the blade gleamed dully in the pale moonlight, and you always always feel like these kind of swords or magic swords or special swords are always, they're not shiny, they're not for sure, they're like, they're dull because they've, they've been used, and they're, they're for a practical purpose and not for sure, so like, that suggests that it's been used as a sword to me. Right. It's not, it's not like one of them ones you put over your fireplace. It's not ceremonial. Yeah. Definitely, it, it, it had a function and it was used for it. And the long hilt felt odd in his hand, the weight and heft were strange. So, I, I don't know whether that's because the sword itself is unusual in its weight and heft, or because Rand is just so unused to handling a sword. Yeah, I can de- definitely take them both ways, can't it? Like, is Rand just unfamiliar with holding a sword, or is it so? Not right for its size and shape. Like yeah, is it? Yeah, is there some? You know, you're looking at a blade that never dulls and 
and the rest of it and you think well has it got um, a different weight balance or whatever that's meant to help the wielder yeah not sure but it was it was something I noticed tells Tommy's heading there's um, four twisted bodies made of tangle in the remnants of the furnishing so Tam Tam's set a work on these products he's done a good job yeah <laughs> yeah um I know it suggests there's lots of trollocs. Do we know how many? I know there was some in the front, some in the back. No, I don't think we ever get a number. But there's a lot. There's, but there's, there's, there's four bodies on the floor. It's, it's certainly overkill for two men in a house. Yes. It's certainly supposed to be foolproof sort of a I think. Yeah. So although there is four bodies on the floor, we find out quite soon. One of them. One of them isn't dead. That's right. Um, he uh, stands up and he muttered something guttural and sharp and then said, Others go away, nag stay, nag smart. Can't ever say in that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you read that and you, you just can't read it any other way, can you? <laughs> it's uh, so a beautiful bit of dialogue. This is probably the only time I've read this where I know exactly how this person sounds, how <laughs> creature sounds. Definitely the most <coughs> eloquent character so far. Yeah. Nag, no, someone come back sometime. <laughs> Nag, wait. You no need sword. Put sword down. Yeah. Um, Nag, no hurt. You put sword down. And so, yeah, so, so we now find that they can speak. So they're not pure beasts, but they're not as, like humans either. There, there is one quote as well in like a, a different language, so it's just... Yeah, I was kind yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just discussing the speech and I'm just... Gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah, you get this vibe from that they're smarter than the, the, than the beast side of them would suggest. Yeah. But still not particularly smart. smart. So then, actually, I'm going to let you say this bit because I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Which, which bit? The foreign language bit. Oh, I'm not even going to attack that. <laughs> it's only three words, and we, we don't know what it means. I'm going to say, I think I'm going to say, Vlajar de Garogada. Is that how I would say that? Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah, cool. 100% correct. It's nice to say something in a, in a fantasy novel, so you can see we're not getting corrected on pronunciation. <laughs> well, speaking of pronunciation, we've got another word coming up. Yeah, so Amidral. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one? I believe it's Murdral. Murdral. Oh, Murdral. No, don't like it. But we, we also get another name, which is a lot easier to say. So you could just say that one. A fade. Yeah. Yeah. So, I did, I, I did actually, I'll tell you this, I did a little Google search on Murdral. What have I told you about Google searching? <laughs> because, well, it's, it's forbidden. It felt like I'd heard it before. It felt like it was like maybe like Norse mythology or something. You're like, because like, you know, like Trollocs is clearly a thing on trolls. Do, do you know what I mean? And I thought, I thought I'd heard of it before. I mean, I just finished being the, the latest God of War, so a lot of those kind of words kicking about. Um, and then when I when it when I searched it, I then stopped immediately. <laughs> and I was on the wrong track. So, but I did. I, if it does feel like a familiar sort of word. Uh, but I can't really explain. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a sort of look of the word with sort of the extended vowel sound at the end and stuff that I could definitely see is looking familiar, especially just coming off a game such a card as well. But. Yeah, so I, I was like, I've, I felt like I'd seen the word and I thought I just wanted some clarity in my head as to what um, that was. 
um, but it seems that it's all very much um, wheel of time based. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, so that's as far as I went. Um, but just yeah, I just thought I would mention that. Well, you're banned from Google, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so actually, it says this, this phrase that we we won't pronounce it again, and he mentions the murder owl. So he's like, he says that, that a murderer wants to talk to him. Yeah. So now we know that these uh, trollocs are working or uh, enslaved to or whatever, but they're, they're doing this murderer's business. Yes. Um, and for whatever reason, this murderer of Fade wants to speak to Rand. Feels like Rand specifically. I mean, it could be Rand and Tam. Obviously, Rand's the one available to get this me- to get this message. Yeah, I suppose it's it's the only chance he's had to speak to one of, to either Rand or Tam. So yes. we don't know specifically Rand or if it was just whoever he whoever he was living to. Yeah, yeah. It becomes clear that although he says he doesn't want to hurt, and he uh, words and actions aren't necessarily in alignment here. No, Rand uh, agrees to talk, um, and then the wolf smile became a snarl, and the trollical lunged for him. So in in, in a similar sort of action to the kettle throwing Rand very much acts on instinct I'd say in this next part I mean is it instinct or is it pure luck <laughs> it sort of feels like he gets his hands up as it's charging at him but he just happens to be holding the sword in them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think he doesn't seem like as much intention there it? It, it felt like it was if, if anything it would have been like a defensive gesture of his hands like covering his face or yeah, whatever yeah. as opposed to um, a sort of knee-jerk reaction of an attack. Either way, the Trolloc dies, Rand is covered in blood, but he's heard enough. He knows that the people that wanted to specifically speak to him, they might be coming back, and they've got an element of sort of smarts about them, so he just needs to gather the, gather the stuff together. Well, he, he definitely doesn't want to be when the Fade arrives. Yes, so definitely not. Definitely get some uh, some urgency to the situation uh, so yeah so he pretty much just grabs all the stuff together heads out to the barn and sort of I don't think there's much I mean uh, not much to discuss I might be wrong this is where we get the part with the blades staying sharp yes. after he chops up the car that's right um, we find out that Bella is not in the barn which yeah is Bella's quite, not there this, it's going to be quite sad that to be fair <laughs> And he find, yeah, then they find that the cart's broken, the horse isn't there, and he decides to make um, some kind of dragging stretcher. I think I can't remember what they call it, but it's a litter. A litter, yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, with Rand being on his own, it's more being dragged rather than carried. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would call it a stretcher. Is that what yeah, we yeah. Uh, yeah. call it as? Uh, I've not really heard of it being described as a litter before. So. And then just, I did read that a couple of times, trying to like, what? What exactly has he made here? Like, <laughs> I know they've said it's a litter, but what exactly is that? Yeah, it seems to be sort of two bits of wood with some cloth between. It's, it's, it's not much more complicated than that, is it? Yeah, just and a bit of cloth to pull, to pull with, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, makes it back to Tam. Um, Tam's been in a hazy wakefulness, he's described as. Yeah, it says Tam still breathed, but the fever was worse, so... We get yeah, so he's descending quickly. His, his temperature seems to be rising. Rand's already describing it as a fever. So, so yeah, so then basically he just tells, Rand tells Tam that he's going to get him to Nine Eve as quick as he can. Um, swaps his shirts, just to 
just because. <laughs> and um, yeah, he says we'll be safe in the village in no time. So he's he's clearly just focused on getting Tam getting to the village. Uh, yeah, the fort was like a beacon as he pulled on his coat and bent to ten Tam's wound. They would be safe once they reached the village, and that near would cure Tam. He just had to get him there. Yeah, and that is the end of that chapter. Yeah, any any thoughts from that one? It's it's our first sort of introduction to any sort of action, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was really like I said at the start, it was really well written. Um, the, like you say, the, there's a contrast in the, the sort of slow start to the chapter that um, shines through when all the action starts kicking off. It, it does really kick off quite abruptly as well. It's yeah, 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 yeah. I was definitely expecting something because it was that's what the chapter said. But I was I was waiting for them to be in bed. To be fair, I wasn't yeah. expecting them whilst they were about to have tea. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, I'm looking forward to more action, which is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid to say that's it for this book. <laughs> <laughs> more exposition. It's all, it's all farming from here on <laughs> Farming and big mysteries of people's pasts. Sam's <laughs> yeah. um, got another chest with more weapons in it. Just moves <laughs> over those. If I don't used to be an armourer. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Um, oh, good stuff. Thanks for listening to this episode of Spiel of Time. You can share any thoughts or questions with us at spiel underscore time on Twitter. We also have an email, spieloftimepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for more Wheel of Time.